Well, it's great to see you today, and uh, hope that you're doing well. The servers are going to collect our offering. We appreciate your generosity in that. And as they're uh, as they're passing the plates, uh, I know that you did notice all the tables and the leaders wearing these T-shirts out there. Uh, we hope that you take advantage of meeting some of the leaders. If you're not already plugged into a life group, boy, we would love for you to to uh, take a chance on that. And, and that, what we do today and for the next couple of weeks is just give you an opportunity to put faces with names, to see who those leaders are. And uh, maybe you see somebody you identify with, say, I think I'd like to be in a group with that person. Uh, and, and so that's kind of what that is. But if you say, I don't even know where to start, I'm not sure. There's a, if you stop by the next steps area, there'll be some volunteers over there that can help you plug into a group somewhere. If you say, I don't really know where to go, that's not a problem at all. But we hope that you'll take that leap. We're going to do a six-week uh, small group study together starting in just a few weeks. And uh, so we really want you to get into a group. It's going to be a great opportunity to meet some other people and go deeper in your faith. So I hope that you'll, you'll join a group. And also I want to celebrate last Sunday, if you were, uh, most of you probably were in this service, so you didn't get a chance to be a part of this. But uh, last Sunday during our second service, uh, we have, as, as many of you know, we have a, a group of people who are uh, who are deaf that come every week, and they uh, that we got about fifteen to twenty people that have a, a, a small group on Thursday night, and then a group that come here on Sunday morning and are part of our church family. And uh, last Sunday we had two special individuals, two deaf people who were baptized and gave their life to Christ. So I wanted to give it up for them. Here's a picture of. It was Hajir. Uh, Amin and Jeffrey Chesser. So really excited to just uh, continue to get to know those folks and glad that they're here. Now, one thing I do want to uh, let you know about too, just in case you didn't catch it, it's also on your, your event card. But uh, in a couple of weeks on September the 10th, we're going to be launching our life group. We, we did this last year, had kind of a a life group launch party and so we're it'll be in this room we'll have tables set up and we're gonna have kind of a real fun trivia night texas roadhouse is catering there's no cost you just come and enjoy a meal enjoy a, a great evening and uh, and get to know your life group leaders and your life group uh people in your life group a little bit and so that's on september the 10th and just a couple of weeks from now but uh hope that you'll make plans to be here for that now we're gonna we're gonna continue on in this series in the book of Proverbs today, and, uh, and I know we're covering a lot of ground, and I wanted to be able, I know some people, maybe you've missed a week or two, maybe this is your first time, you're just kind of joining us, and, uh, and I've, I've got a video that I wanted to, to show just to kind of help us catch up a little bit and hopefully help us understand where we're going today, so check this out. And so in the next section of the book, chapters 10 through 29, we find hundreds of ancient Proverbs, and they apply wisdom and the fear of the Lord to every life topic you could imagine. Family, work, neighborhood, friendship, sex, marriage, money, anger, forgiveness, alcohol, debt, everything. And these are all filtered through the value system of Proverbs 1 through 9. Now, these Proverbs, they're all pretty short. They're easy to memorize. And actually, this section of the book is meant to become a reference work that you return to time and time again throughout the years, which raises some important issues in learning how to read these Proverbs. First of all, Proverbs are by nature about probabilities. So you fear the Lord and you make wise, good choices. Things will likely go well for you. And if you don't fear the Lord, you're foolish. Your life will likely not go so well. Now, that is all often true, but not always. 
which leads to the next point, that Proverbs are not promises. They're not formulas for success. So some Proverbs, for example, the fear of the Lord prolongs your life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. Or train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't turn from it. So yes, Fearing God, being a moral person, will most likely lead to a better, longer life, and raising your kids in a stable, loving home does set them up well, but there are no guarantees. Lots of things can and often do go wrong in our world. And so lastly, Proverbs by nature focus on the general rule, but not the exceptions, which are many. And the wisdom books actually aren't ignorant of that. The exceptions are what the other wisdom books, Job and Ecclesiastes, are all about. And together, these acknowledge that life is too complex for simple formulas, which is why we need all of the wisdom books together to get the bigger picture. This all leads to the final section of the book, two large collections of poems. First, poems from a man named Agur, who begins by acknowledging his own ignorance and folly and his great need for God's wisdom. And then Agur discovers that divine wisdom has been given to him in the scriptures, which teach him how to live well. And so Agur is put before us as like a model reader of the book of Proverbs, somebody who's always open to hearing God's wisdom through the scriptures. The final poems are connected to a man named Lemuel. He's a non-Israelite king, and he passes on the wisdom that was given to him by his mom. It's guidance for being a wise and just leader. And then the final poem is an acrostic or an alphabet poem where each line begins with a new letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And the entire poem's about the woman of noble character. It depicts a woman who lives according to the wisdom of Proverbs and stands like a model of someone who takes God's wisdom and then translates it into practical decisions in everyday life, at work or at home. So we'll get into those uh, final chapters next week as we wrap up this series. But uh, today we're going to be focused kind of in that middle section, which if you are following along with us, reading through the Proverbs, you probably will notice that uh, right in the middle about chapters 10 to 29, there's just a lot of one-liners, like a really good um, statements, and, and they're not necessarily connected to one another, but really good stuff. And you might even ask yourself, well, why would we spend... So much time in the book of Proverbs, we're dedicating, you know, four weeks to it. And I've been challenging you the last couple of weeks to read a chapter every day because there are 31 chapters. If you read a chapter in the Proverbs every day, then every month, you'll have read through the whole book. In fact, we've got these little fancy cards. Hopefully you got one of these, but I know we've got some more of them out in the lobby that have a QR code on the back that if you scan it, it'll take you directly to an online reading plan that you can use on your smartphone every day. It will remind you to read the chapter, spend a couple of minutes a day. And I've been having some really great conversations with some of you as you're reading through this and, and some of the questions that are coming up and you say, well, this doesn't make sense or, or what, what is this? And, and uh, you know, I, I found this, uh, you know, I read this thing. I didn't quite understand it. So I started researching it and, and, uh, and, and I, I say that that's exactly what we're going for. That's exactly what we're going for because you're beginning to study the Bible on your own. 
That's what we want. We want you to get into God's Word on your own and have questions and ask questions and keep digging and searching. When something doesn't make sense, then you know, okay, we gotta, we got to get to the bottom of this. So, so keep digging. But the, the book of Proverbs, this is what, what I know and what I'm trying to, to help all of us understand is that it is a roadmap for us for how we can live better and happier lives. If we will begin to read it, understand it, embrace it, and apply it, and take it seriously, it will produce wisdom. And wisdom is like the engine that drives our lives to be more successful in all of our pursuits. Every, in every area of your life, it's going to help you be more successful. But you, you need to know that wisdom and knowledge are not the same thing. It's not, we're not talking about knowledge. Uh, knowledge can and does exist without wisdom. And, uh, but it's not the other way around. The main difference between the two, I've found some definitions maybe to help a little bit. Knowledge is, is information that is gained through experience, reasoning, or acquaintance. So one of the things that we say often is, you know, well, with age comes wisdom. I push back on that and say that's not true. It is not true that wisdom comes with age. It doesn't come naturally. Wisdom is something that we have to pursue. I know a lot of people who are old that they may be very knowledgeable, but they're not very wise. Wisdom, this is what, what it is, it's the ability to discern or judge what is true, right, or lasting. Wisdom is, able, is the ability to apply what we know, the knowledge, and, and make good decisions. It's, it's action. I heard it put this way, I really liked it, that, that knowledge is knowing how to use a gun, and wisdom is knowing when to use it and when to keep it holstered. Now, if you haven't been here the last few weeks, there, there are a couple of thoughts that I really wanted us to understand and embrace, and, and these are, number ones, we have to seek wisdom. It does not come, like I said, it doesn't come naturally, it doesn't come with age, it doesn't come, uh, you know, contrary to popular belief, you don't get wiser just because you've been through more things. You, you, you may be more experienced but, and have more knowledge, but those don't add up to wisdom. I heard uh, about an old barber that thought he was full of wisdom. Uh, his, his barber shop was filled with customers. One day he was packed out, people waiting you know, in, uh, in chairs, waiting their turn. When uh, this little boy walks into his barber shop, and, and the, the barber looked at the little boy, and he'd seen him before, and he whispered to his customer, he said, hey, watch this. This is, this is the most foolish kid in the world. Watch this, and, and I'm going to prove it to you. So the barber, he put a dollar bill in one hand and two quarters in the other hand, and he says to the boy, he says, come here, which one do you want? You can have whichever one that you want. And the boy reached out, took the two quarters, and left. And, and the barber laughed. He said, what did I tell you? That kid's an idiot. It's the dumbest kid in the world. He never learns. And he just laughed and laughed. But later on, the customer left the barber shop, and he's walking down the sidewalk. He sees that little boy walking out of the ice cream shop, uh, just licking on his favorite ice cream cone. And he, and he says to the kid, he says, can I ask you a question? And he says, back there in the, in the, in the barber shop, why did, you, why did you take the quarters instead of the dollar bill. And the little boy licked his, his ice cream cone. He said, well, because the day that I take the dollar, the game's over. <laughs> Age doesn't equal wisdom. 
But it's something that we have to pursue. It's something that God loves to give us when we ask him. But the second thing, that, that and we talked about this last week, it's kind of the, the main idea last week, is that we make our decisions and our decisions make us. That you know, every day you're faced with them. Every day you're faced with, do I go right or do I go left? Do I do this or do I do that? What do I do? And, and, and those small decisions over time add up to who you are and, and where you end up in life. They, they make us. Who you are today is a result of the decisions that you made yesterday. And I really want you to think about this. Because who you become tomorrow is a direct result of the decisions you make today. So choose wisely. It's so important that we seek wisdom from the Lord as we, as we make decisions that affect our lives and the lives of people around us. Now the Proverbs were written by King Solomon in the Old Testament. who He was a son of King David and he was considered the wisest man of his day. And matter of fact, uh, Solomon one night... The Lord appeared to Solomon and told him, you can read about this in the old, uh, if you look in the Old Testament, but he's, he came to him and God says, listen, I'll give you anything that you want, whatever you want, name it, you want money, you want wisdom, you want, uh, you want power, what, whatever you want, anything that you want, you ask, you name it, and it's yours. So I think about that for, for us. If, if the Lord came to you today and said, I give you whatever you want, what would you what would you ask for? Maybe you'd say money. I'll take the money, you know. Or maybe it'd be more time. Or maybe uh, something else to be different in your life. You know, if I could just change one thing. Um, you know, I, I wish I could make that a little bit different. I heard about a guy that uh, he found a, a genie lamp. And, uh, he, you know, rubs the lamp. The genie comes out and he says, hey, I'll give you one wish. But the deal is you can have whatever you want, but you have to choose one of these three things. You can either be the richest man in the world, or you can be the most handsome man in the world, or you can be the wisest man in the world. But you can't have all three. You've got to pick one. And the guy thought about it. He says, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm already kind of good looking, so that's not, I think I'm okay with that. And, well, you know, with more money equals more problems. So he says, I, 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 want, to, I want the wisdom. Give me, make me the wisest man in the world. And so the genie goes, poof, you, you, there you go. And... Uh, and, the, and so he's wise, and he asks the guy, he says, so how do you feel now? He scratches his chin, and he says, I should have taken the money. <laughs> so when Solomon asked for wisdom, God gave it to him. He actually, he says, you know, because you, you asked for this, I'm going to give you all the things. But, uh, but Solomon went on to write and say more about wisdom than anybody else in Scripture. And over and over again, he says that wisdom is better. Proverbs 16, 16, he says, How much better to get wisdom than gold and good judgment than silver? Those are the two most precious commodities of his day, the two most valuable things that you could have. He says, wisdom's better. You're, you're better off to, to seek wisdom and, and be blessed with it than if you had money or power. And, and what, I, what I want us to understand, especially those, those who are younger, those of you in here that are, you're, you're still just getting started in life, I cannot put into words how valuable this is. You, you may not understand it, but you ask people that are my age or older, and I, I promise you, if you were to ask me, what would you do if you could go back? Would you, would you want to go back and change some of the decisions that you've made? Absolutely, I would. 
And, and if you ask people even older than me, I know they say, well, what I, w- what I wouldn't give to be able to go back and, and make a couple of adjustments. If I knew then what I know now, I would have done it so much differently. And if you get wisdom today and you make decisions not based on, not based on what the world says, but what, what God says, wisdom from the heart of God over a period of years and, and decades, I'm telling you, you go from an average mundane life to, to one that is impacting generations. You're impacting lives of people for the glory of God if you get wisdom. And if you watch Solomon all through this teaching, what he does, especially in the, in the middle of the book, he keeps contrasting what foolish people do versus what people who are wise do. He says, the foolish do this, but the wise do that. Over and over again, he says, don't be a fool be wise, because this is, this is the problem, and we really have to admit this. And, and some of you, I, I'm going to say this, and you're, you're, you're going to say, this doesn't apply to me. Um, and, and that's part of the problem, is we, we don't ever think that it applies to us. But it's, it's true. The, the issue with foolishness and, and, and wisdom, people who are foolish, they don't know that they're being fools, do they? They, they just don't know. Maybe you've got somebody in your life like that, that you, you, you look at them and they say, man, they just keep making bad decisions. They, it's like they can't help themselves. They just keep stepping in it over and over and over again. What's up with them? Why do they keep going down those roads? Because here's the deal. Fools don't know when they're being foolish. That's why, that's why we call it a blind spot. The whole nature of a blind spot is you can't see it. And some of us in this room... I'm going to say all of us in this room, at, at one point or another, we've been fools and we didn't realize it. And many of us right now are being fools and we don't realize it because you, don't, you just don't see it. That's, that's really bad news. Not everyone is seeking wisdom. And, and you don't realize that the problems that you're facing in your life, that you just, you just seem like, why do these things keep happening to me? Why do I keep having this... These problems, these issues, over and over and over again, they are not the result of bad luck. They are not the result of the world hating you. The reason is because you aren't making decisions based on wisdom. You're making foolish choices, and it's affecting your life. So let me, but the, but the good news, this is, that's, that's the bad news. The great news is the book of Proverbs can change that for you. If you read it, embrace it, and apply it. So let me, let me start by showing you directly what foolishness looks like. So because you, maybe you're asking yourself, oh boy, am I, am I, doing, am, am I a fool? If I don't know it, then I don't know it. What do, <laughs> I don't know what I don't know. So let me give you a few categories that we have right from Scripture uh, that will help us be in a, a better position to receive wisdom when we know what to avoid. Number one, fools act before they think. Are you a person that just jumps in without, without taking the time to, to, to think about, okay, is this the right decision and what's going to happen and you know, kind of mapping things out? Proverbs 13, 16 says, wise people think before they act, but fools don't. And they even brag about their foolishness. So uh, there's been a number of times in my life that I've done that. Uh, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about one. When I was uh, a teenager... I grew up on a farm, 
And there wasn't a lot to do, you know. I, I get so annoyed with my kids now when they sit around, we're bored, we're bored. I'm like, you don't know boredom until you have grown up with no internet and no satellite TV and nothing to do but work. That's all there is, you know. But uh, one of the things that we would do in the wintertime, we had a, a pond. And so, you know, in the summer, we'd fish in the pond. In the wintertime, it'd freeze over. We'd play hockey on the, on the pond. And we were poor, you know, we didn't have like fancy hockey sticks and hockey nets. We used sticks, you know, to, to knock, knock around a puck that we found somewhere. And, uh, and we used rocks for goalposts. And uh, one day we're playing and, and uh, playing hockey and all that sort of stuff. And we just wore our gym shoes, you know. We didn't have skates. But uh, one day we're, we're playing around and one of, my, one of my friends came over and was watching us. And I said, hey, watch this. Watch what I can do. And I stood up on the bank of the, of the pond and ran down, and when I hit the ice, I just was going to, you know, slide across. I just thought I looked so awesome, you know, just going to slide right across the ice. And so I did that, ran as fast as I could, was sliding through, over the ice, and uh, I just, I tripped and started to fall. And as soon as I went down, I put my hands out in front of me like this, and this is happening in a fraction of a second, you know. Put my hands out like this. As soon as they hit the ice, they slid out like that. And, you know, those rocks that we're using as goalposts, uh, my nose caught that right there and broke my nose in eight different, this bone right here was broken in eight pieces, had some bones sticking out. It was awesome looking. It was nasty. But uh, so, you know, it's one of those like think before you act. And, and here I am bragging about it to you guys. So it really makes me a fool today, you know. But that's what I'm saying is fools, they, they act before they think. I didn't really think that one out. Didn't think that through. Here's another thing. And again, this, is, this requires us to, to take a mirror and do some honest self-evaluation, self-reflection. Which is hard to do, but we got to do it. And, and I'm gonna, I know I'm going to step on toes right now. Some of you, you're going to push back immediately. But this is, this is not my opinion. This is, this is scripture. Fools spend all they earn. Now somebody's going to say, well, well, what about inflation? Everything's more expensive. Fools spend all they earn. Proverbs, 11, Proverbs 21, verse 20 says, The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. You know, really, it, it takes wisdom to be able to, to look at, okay, what is my situation, what's my position, and to, to, to try to be a wise steward. What are the things in my life that I, I'm, where am I wasteful? What are the things that I'm pursuing that, that are no good for me? Where are areas that I can cut back? And even if it's just, just a little bit, the, the point here is that a foolish person doesn't think about it. They throw caution to the wind, and they say, well, this is my money. I'm going to spend it. I want this. And they, they don't have any discipline. But it takes wisdom to be disciplined in their spending and their saving. The third thing that we see is that fools hurt those that they love. A wise woman builds her home, it's Proverbs 14, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. And that's not just to pick on the ladies. That, that applies equally to men as well. This is a person who is domineering, abusive, controlling, angry, belittling others. A foolish person, a fool, tears down their homes. Uh, they, they destroy their own marriages. They destroy their own children. They, they destroy their, their friendships all, you know, with, with their own hands. Now, again, that's, that's hard. That's pain, 
painful to look at the mirror and, and say, you know, what's the common thread here? Maybe it's me. Am I the one doing this? Now, here's another one. Fools think they know it all. Proverbs 12 says, to learn, you've got to love discipline. Now, you understand what discipline is, right? Discipline is, is something that kind of hard at the beginning. It takes, it takes a lot of effort to get a new rhythm, to get a, a new discipline in your life. Whatever it is, it's difficult. It says, to learn, you've you got to love that. You've got to learn to love it. It's stupid to hate correction. But fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. The most valuable thing that you can get in the world is wisdom. Solomon says it's, it's better than gold, it's better than silver. Wisdom will change the trajectory of your life. So some of you say, okay, well, how do I get this? How do I, how do I move into this? What do I need to do? The great news is this is not a mystery. This is not like some hidden code that you've got to figure out and how do I connect the dots here. The, the Bible is actually super, super clear on what to do. We talked about a few of these things last week, but here they are again, just for, for a refresher. Number one, take God seriously. That's what the, the scripture says. The beginning, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It doesn't mean I'm scared of him. It means that you're taking him seriously, that I believe that he is who he says he is and that his word is true. That's wisdom. That's the beginning of it. And then we ask God for wisdom. It's a prayer that God loves to answer with a yes. The book of James says that if any of you lacks wisdom, ask our generous God and he will love to give it to you. He wants to lavish it on you and hang out with wise people. We talked about that last week. If you want to be wise, walk with the wise. Find ways to share life with people who are, who are further down the road, who are who are full of wisdom scripture says that bad company corrupts good character you are who you run with and i don't i don't care how much you you say no not me i got my friends are all knuckleheads but i'm not like that i'm i'm not like they are you are delusional <laughs> you don't think that you are like that you 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 are who you run with you become you show me your friends i'll show you your future take an honest look who do you spend the most time with who are the people in your, your friend circles? Are their lives headed in a good direction? Do they make great decisions? Jesus said in Matthew eleven nineteen, 19, says, Wisdom is shown to be right by its results. In other words, look at the fruit. You know, what, what is their life bearing? What kind of fruit is there? When you take an honest evaluation of, of your life, what do you see? And what we, what we see throughout the book of Proverbs, that contrast between what do wise people do versus what do foolish people do. And the whole message over and over and over is wisdom is the most valuable thing you're ever gonna, you'll ever receive. Wisdom is more precious than gold. It's more valuable than silver. It's the most valuable thing you can pursue on earth. It puts you in a position to live a better and happier life. But in order for us to continue to pursue it, we have to be disciplined. And that is where the rubber meets the road. We, we as human beings, we just naturally don't like discipline. We just, we're, just a little, we're just a little lazy. And we seek comfort. You know, we, we, are, we, are, 
we're all about the, the lazy boy kind of mentality. I, I want to find the path of least resistance. And man, just keep me in that lane. So I want to eat what I want. I want to, you know, I want to relax all I want. I want to, I want to just do whatever doesn't take any effort. It doesn't require any thought. So I just want to watch TV and just have it spoon-fed to me. I don't want to think. I don't want to do. I just want to be, you know, this, this kind of this blob. That's, that's, for whatever reason, that's what we seek out. We don't seek out discipline. But wisdom, the, the way you get it is you have to learn to love discipline. Wisdom and discipline, they're like best friends. They go everywhere together. I love this quote by John Maxwell. He says, I, de- I define self-control in the beginning of life as the choice of achieving what I really want by doing things that I really don't want to do. And that's interesting. I think that's fascinating, isn't it? The things that we really want in life are also the things that we, we don't want to take the steps to get there. He says, but once this becomes a habit, discipline becomes the choice of achieving what I really want by doing the very things that I now want to do. I really believe that a, discipline, a disciplined life becomes a joy, but only after we have worked hard to practice it. Jesus said this at the end of his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 7. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. It's like a person who builds a house on solid rock. So do you want to be wise? Jesus said, if you, if you listen to and you follow, listen and follow, put into practice my teaching, that produces wisdom. What was he teaching about in the Sermon on the Mount? If you go back and read Matthew 5, 6, 7, what was he, what was he, what did he, what did he spend you know, three chapters talking about? Well, he talked about doing good to other people. Uh, he talked about avoiding anger. He teaches about the sanctity of marriage, uh, the importance of keeping our commitments. You know, if you let your yes be yes and your no be no, he says, you want, we want to be people who, if you take an oath, that you, you're a person of your word. He taught about loving your enemies. He taught us how to pray, how to interact with God. He taught how to have a healthy relationship with money. You know, no one can serve two masters. That, that's in the Sermon on the Mount. You can't serve two masters. Either you love the one or you hate the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other, but you can't serve both God and money. He, he talked about being generous and avoiding greed. He taught about not judging other people. You know, you've got to plank in your own eye. Don't try to remove the speck of your brother's eye. You know, and he taught about being patient and showing mercy and grace. He taught the golden rule. Some of you thought maybe, maybe that was just grandma made that one up. It's not. It's, it's actually the words of Jesus, Matthew 7, verse 12, where he said, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that's taught in the law and the prophets. And, and he says, Jesus is saying, if you, you listen to these things and you do these things, it will produce wisdom in your life, which means you'll be happier, which means your life will have impact, which means that you will achieve levels of success because wisdom is going to guide you. Now, the good news for us, and the sermon, I love the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to take a, a deep dive into that in a couple of weeks. That's what with the life groups, if you sign up for a life group, we're going to spend six weeks going through the Sermon on the Mount. Now, you might remember that earlier in the year we did that we spent six weeks in there but we didn't get to cover everything so we're going to go back and we're going to pick up the things that we 
couldn't cover the first time around, and we're going to dive deep into that. And there's some really important topics that we're going to be looking at, some really powerful truths that will change your life. I mean, it produces wisdom, and it, which is going to give you the things that you're, you're after in your life. We want you to be part of that. Jesus, this is, this is the practical step. I mean, it's just, it doesn't get any more, like, I, you know, for me, I always, give me something to do. Give me something to do. Here's, here's what it is. I, I can't make it any more simple than this. Jesus said, if you listen to my teaching and you follow it, you will be wise. That's it. Listen, follow equals wisdom. And there really is no downside for you. Uh, you know, sometimes I think we, we hear stuff and maybe we feel guilty or we feel convicted or we feel like, oh, I've got to make all these changes because I'm a bad person. Uh, when we look at Proverbs, there is no downside to pursuing wisdom. The only thing it's really going to require from you is time. It's going to require you to, to set aside the time, which is, I think, why it makes it real hard for us because time is our greatest asset. It's our most valuable commodity the one thing we can't have more of. And so it's going to require you to sacrifice some time to read, to study, to understand, to apply. But if you do those things, everything, every, everything points to better. Everything with wisdom, it points to better. It points to fulfillment. It points to, to peace. And I want you to have that. So next week, we're going to wrap up this series. We're going to look at, uh, at the end of the book of Proverbs. But I challenge you this week, just continue to, to stay in there. Continue reading a chapter a day and, and even think, what's the one thing? What's the one thing that I can pull out of this that I can apply to my life today? Let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you for just the time that we can spend together. We thank you for your spirit that... You, you, you guide us, you, uh, you convict us, you, you move us. Lord, I pray that uh, as we continue to seek this together, as we continue to dig into your word, that you would just reveal it to us. Help us to, to understand it. Help us to be self-aware enough that we recognize uh, who we are and, and the areas that we need to continue to grow. I know it's challenging, God. It, it is challenging for us to do that. So we, we need your strength and we need you to guide us as we seek you. Uh, Lord, help us to just to keep, to keep walking towards you. I thank you for Jesus and the sacrifice that, that he made for us that we could be forgiven of sin. That's huge for us. We, we are uh, eternally, eternally grateful for the opportunity we have to be connected to you. And so we, we ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. I'll see you next Sunday.